questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we have a mind-blowing episode of Veritas. We are joined by a man who isn't afraid to ask the tough questions and uncover the truth. He's a fearless truth seeker. Mr. Trevor Loughton is the author of four books, three films, and host of Counterpunch on the Epic Times. Trevor has spent years delving into the dark underbelly of politics. What he's uncovered will leave you stunned. The U.S. Senate, a key governing body with immense influence over foreign policy and negotiations with foreign powers, may have been infiltrated by domestic radicals or foreign enemies of the country. With no background checks or regulations on Congress members, senators, or their staff, the possibility of infiltration is a chilling reality. If an enemy nation wanted to bring America to its knees, it would be easier to buy or compromise politicians to control government decisions, rather than engage in a costly trade war or start a shooting war. Despite politicians being suspected of working for foreign powers, they go unaccountable, while U.S. politicians face false charges. The alarm bells ring even louder when we consider that American communists may have been infiltrated the Democratic Party and now hold positions in Congress with access to confidential information, taxpayer money, and sensitive information. Get ready as we unravel the truth about political infiltration, espionage, and treason in the U.S. Senate. It's time to ask the question, who is really in control of our government? Join us and find out what you need to know to protect our country and our freedom. This is an interview you won't want to miss. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time listening, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. I would like to apologize that we had technical difficulties at the beginning of the program. Unfortunately, a few minutes of the introduction with Trevor Loughton were lost. But thanks to our backup system, the majority of the interview was recovered. The missing section includes Trevor's answer to my questions about how he first got interested in politics and his research into radicals and subversives, as well as what he hopes people will take away from his work. His latest book is titled Security Risk Senators. Luckily, we just lost a couple of minutes. So let's now listen to the interview. Zealand Communist Party, the Socialist Unity Party for our security services. And he was actually sent to Moscow to train in October 1983 at Lenin's Institute for Higher Learning. This was three and a half thousand students from all over the world in a great big old villa, a former Tsarist villa on Leningradsky Prospect in Moscow. And they had tutors. They were These were the future revolutionaries of the world. And New Zealand's anti-nuclear legislation was planned at that school in Moscow. They planned it 100%. 
they come up with all, all these slogans, you know, um, they that you know, New Zealand is standing against the nuclear arms race, New Zealand is standing up for peace, New Zealand is striking an independent foreign policy course. They took the communists took these back to New Zealand. They had secret meetings with the Labour Party, the labour unions which they controlled, the peace movement which they controlled, and they passed that legislation in a few months. And hardly one New Zealander and five million had any idea these policies came directly from Moscow. What I was taught, really, is that most of what we see coming out of the Democratic Party, uh, Obamacare, nuclear deal with Iran, open borders, end of fracking, all of this kind of thing, all is communist policy. It's all communist. The same in the Canadian Liberal Party, the British Labour Party, the, the German Social Democratic Party. The communists, in conjunction with Moscow or Beijing, come up with a policy. They make it labour union policy, and the labour unions make it Democrat policy. While Obama or Biden is in power, the communists are running this country, and they are answerable to Xi Jinping right now. Xi Jinping is effectively running this country right now. So that's what got me on the path of studying this. And I've been studying this since the 1980s, interviewing former intelligence officers, former KGB officers, doing thousands of hours of archival research and thousands of hours of internet research. And so this is what has got me to where I am today. I remember I spent time in in the Far East in, in the mid-90s. And I remember in Hong Kong, I lived there for some time. And in 1996, I remember buying these souvenir T-shirts that I still have, where they're painting the British flag to the Chinese flag. And this is why I chose the Soviet flag painting over the United States flag for the promotional image of our interview tonight. But since you're originally from New Zealand, Trevor, recently Jacinda Ardern, this step down as the prime minister. She was a participant in the World Economic Forum, Young Global Leaders Program. As a political commentator, what are your thoughts on her time in office and her quote-unquote legacy, if any, in New Zealand politics? She was more than that. She was also the international president of the World Socialist Youth in 2010. That is the youth wing of the Socialist International. And that is a communist organization. Communist China was an observer. Many of the old communist parties of Eastern Europe were part of that. The Sandinistas were part of that. So she was head of an international communist organization. And there are numerous um, videos online of her at these big meetings in Hungary going, comrade this, comrade this, comrade this. She's a Marxist. She was put in power her, her um, original campaign manager when she first stood for parliament was a Maoist, a hardcore Maoist. She was put in power to bring socialism, push New Zealand down the socialist road. She's in, introduced incredibly divisive racial policies, uh, de incredibly destructive economic policies. The COVID was just the time of her life because it gave her an excuse to um, push all of this Marxist stuff all of the horrible lockdowns that she did didn't save New Zealand anything. It just delayed the COVID by two years, but it just wrecked the economy. So she's a Marxist. 
Now she stood down. Her last day was on my birthday. That was a great present. But the current Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, also comes from the Maoist political circles in New Zealand. And he's already backtracking on some of Jacinda's worst policies, but only because it's election year this year. Chris Hipkins um, went to China. He's got a big partnership going with the Communist Chinese on education. He was the New Zealand Minister of Education until recently. Um, He had a big webinar with the Communist Chinese just a couple of months ago to enforce New Zealand's educational partnership with China. So, yeah, we are are coming under very much under Chinese control right now, and that's been guided by the Labour Party, the socialists that are in power, and um, to some degree by the conservatives, because some of the conservatives are in China's pocket as well. So, yeah, um, I'd rather have Chris Hipkins than Jacinda Ardern, but then I'd rather have cancer than AIDS, (laughs) if you get my analogy. Well, I've heard actually that Chris Hipkins is even more radical. It's almost like Hugo Chavez going to Maduro. But why did Jacinda step down? What was the motivation? Who pushed her out? Well, I think she was just so incredibly unpopular. She went from being very popular to just hated. You know, her her, um, lockdown policies, her condescension, her arrogance. She was the one who said publicly, she said, don't trust what you read on the internet about the COVID. The government should be your only source of truth. And she said that without a a touch of irony. She she believed this stuff. She was just very unpopular. She She was going to lose the next election big time. And I think the Labour Party said to her, look, Jacinda, you got to go. Go and work in the United Nations like like uh, your mentor, Helen Clark, who was number three in the United Nations and another Maoist, by the way. Um, and we'll put somebody, a fresh face in. Now, Hipkins is just as radical as Jacinda Ardern, but he's a fresh face. He's a sort of, you know, and a more fre- – it looks like a schoolboy. It looks like a um, – he looks like about a senior in high school, and um, and he's backtrack on some of her policies. They're going to try and get elected, and then they'll go back to full on communism again if they get elected. I remember how dictatorial it became there in in, in New Zealand and Australia, and I remember, as you said, the condescension that she had with people. I just thought, from this part of the world, I'm thinking. If I were a New Zealander, I couldn't take this. But not far from that country, Australia. We have many listeners from from that part of the world, too. These two countries have become almost dictatorial. Who's behind this, and what is the end goal? Well, the Australians just elected Albanese, who had a history with the Australian Communist Party. He is a hardcore leftist, and he's already making friendly with China. You know, Scott Morrison, the previous guy, was a, a Christian conservative what you would call here, probably, you know, a Mitt Romney type would be, you know, most Americans would understand that analogy. Not particularly tough, not particularly strong. He did make some stands against China. Um, he did do some good stuff, but not enough to really differentiate him. Now, now Australia's on a very dangerous path. The the racial division is going to amp up tremendously. See, this is wherever you find racial division, you find communists. And we're seeing that in Australia right now. We're seeing that in New Zealand right now. 
The communists stir up racial hatred. That's what they do. And, and Albanese is doing that in Australia. He's cozying up to China. You'll, you'll, I'll say this. The, the, this is what I say all around the world. You'll find that the states and the countries that had the harshest lockdowns during COVID were all the states and countries that had the most Chinese influence. Now, in Australia, the very worst lockdowns were in Victoria. That's the state of Australia where Melbourne is situated. And that's run by the left. That's the that's the California of Australia. And the premier of that state, the Labour premier, actually invited the Chinese Belt and Road into Victoria, not Australia, into Victoria. And Victoria is notorious for its domination by the communist-dominated unions. So what the Chinese did, they spread the COVID around the world, then they used their subservient politicians and the unions they control to keep the lockdowns going as long and hard as they could. That's why we had bad lockdowns in New Zealand, because we got communist-controlled unions and the Chinese have huge influence in the country. That's why um, Victoria had the worst lockdowns in Australia. That's why Sweden had the lightest lockdowns in Europe because they have the least Chinese influence. You know, this is this is, but that that's what we saw in New Zealand, in Australia. The Chinese have huge influence and is increasing while the left is in power, but it still makes way. It still makes hay while while the conservatives in power because, you know, they get the they get the left through money and ideology, and they get the right, the conservatives through money. But um, so uh, it's not just a matter of getting the left out of power. You've got to get the Chinese sympathizers out of your conservative governments as well. And we see that in America with Mitch McConnell, yes. for instance, who is completely in bed with China and does everything he can to sabotage an America first MAGA type agenda. Do you think COVID was a beta test experiment to, to see how far governments could go? A test run towards global communism. Well, yeah, I think it was that. I think it was a, it was a it was a test run. It was a um, a biolog- It was an attack on Trump. It was time for election <clears throat> year. It was time to cut the U.S. military budget and screw up the election. But here, here's here's the here's the thing. That was an epidemic, a pandemic that was killing one or two percent of those that infected. What if we get one that kills six or seven or eight percent? See, see. The head of the World Health Organization, the World Health Organization is trying to get itself powers that completely bypasses national sovereignty. So if we have another pandemic, they can tell Australia or Papua New Guinea or Argentina, you do this, 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 and this, and you have no argument against it. It's more or less a world government by default. Well, the head of the World Health Organization is Mr. Tedros from Ethiopia, not even a medical doctor. He's an academic, but he's a former leader of Ethiopia's pro-Chinese Communist Party. He was put in place by the Chinese. He is their puppet. And they have just put in a new a woman called um, Susan Mickey from Britain. Now, she ran the lockdowns in Britain. She was an advisor to Boris Johnson, the conservative, and she pushed lockdowns to the absolute maximum. 
Now she's the head of the Behavioral Sciences Unit in the World Health Organization. It's her job to manipulate our psychology to accept further lockdowns, vaccines, whatever the Chinese want to throw at us. Well, Susan Mickey is a leader of the British Communist Party, which is completely loyal to China. The World Health Organization is run by China. They're trying to become a world government to enforce Chinese lockdown policies on the whole planet. This is this is what is happening. And people people know some of the story, but but Susan Mickey is is, is communist royalty. Her parents were were top communists, and she was advising the Conservative Prime Minister of Britain. To, to push some of the harshest lockdowns around. And the Communist Party of Britain got all of its unions. They control the education unions there. They control the rail unions, the transport unions, to keep the lockdowns going and to keep the schools closed. And she was a big part of organising that as well. And now Britain's got another wave of strikes orchestrated by the same communists, because they want to bring down the conservative government, one of the last conservative governments left. So, yeah, the, the, the communists are working on the ground all over the world to enforce Chinese policy on all of us. Well, when I think of Klaus Schwab, a pupil of Henry Kissinger, I'm thinking of all these countries, New Zealand, Australia, Canada, Great Britain now, and now the USA. I get this question all the time, Trevor. Is there anywhere else to escape to? If there was, I'd already be there. You know, people say this, New Zealand is the safest country in the world. People, a lot of Americans flee to New Zealand. Well, I went the opposite way because New, if America goes down, no, nowhere is safe. Nowhere. You know, America is the last stand. We're all depending on what happens in the United States. That's why I came to the United States, because I wanted to help save New Zealand. I wanted to help pay back some of what we owe America for our freedom. You know, America truly is the last stand. If America goes down, the tyrants of the world will run this planet for a thousand years. And that, that might not hurt, affect you, but it's going to affect your kids and your grandchildren. There's no question about that. And I think, you know, if you if you will not fight for your kids, if you will not fight for your kids' freedom and your grandchildren's freedom, you do not deserve to be a parent. To me, the biggest threat, Trevor, and you obviously you mentioned your your ancestors who are thankful for what the United States did to preserve uh, peace and, and freedom. And my ancestor who fled communism twice, and here I am trying to prevent it. But it's the people around me that I talk to that I tell them, For years, I tell them, this is what's coming here. Can you smell it? Can you see it? No, you're just exaggerating. You're a conspiracy theorist. It will never happen here. It, it, 150 million people died in the 20th century that we know of. How many tests, how many experiments do we have to go through? How many millions of people have to die be, be, before the unawake finally wake up? Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? You know, look, before the communists took over Cuba, people say, no, Castro's not a communist. No, don't worry about Castro. He's just trying to stop the corruption. You know, um, but Mao Zedong's just an agrarian reformer. 
Um, look, the left spin these lies like crazy, but it's it's a normal part of its normalcy bias, you know. Like before World War Two, you know, Adolf Hitler wrote Mein Kampf about what he was going to do to the Jews. But the Jews of Germany, a lot of them said, no, he doesn't mean that. No, that's just a conspiracy theory. No, that really wouldn't happen. We'll just sit this one out. But people say to me, look, there's no communism in America, Trevor. And I say, well, what's Black Lives Matter? That's a Chinese communist operation. What is the LGBTQ movement? That was started by the communist Harry Hay. Why do the communists control virtually every university in your country and a whole chunk of the churches? Why did Biden just give Afghanistan to China? Why is the U.S. military being deliberately hollowed out and weakened while Russia and China are both getting ready for World War III? Why are your kids being indoctrinated in school with wokeness? What is wokeness? Wokeness is Marxism. It's communist brainwashing. We used to, they, the communists used to call it consciousness raising. We called it brainwashing. Now they call it wokeness. Saying there's no communism in America is like saying, like a fish telling you there's no water in the sea. You know, we're swimming in it. You know, the, 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 um, Ratcliffe, Trump's intelligence advisor said three years ago, the Chinese controlled so many American congressmen, they can determine which legislation passes the Congress and which doesn't. Now think about it. Why do we have open borders? Why are we allowing our kids to be indoctrinated? Why are the Chinese allowed to buy land up all over the country? Why, why are our kids hating America? Because we have people in our own government working against us at the behest of the Chinese and the Cubans and the globalists to bring this country to its knees. It only What is happening to America only makes sense in the context of a communist revolution. It's the only thing that, 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 that makes all of these disparate elements cohesive. We're in a revolution. We are destroying the republic wrecking the constitution, wrecking the middle class, wrecking our borders, wrecking patriotism, wrecking religion. We're wrecking all the foundations that hold this country together. Wow, is this just all a big accident? You'd have to be, you'd have to have your head in the sand to think this is all completely unrelated. We're at war with China and, and globalist elements and, and and we're losing right now because most of us don't even know we're in a war. Quick parenthesis here, since we're talking about China. What is your opinion on the alleged Chinese spy satellite, I mean balloon, and how the Biden administration handled it? I have some sources who tell me the balloon was actually shut down over Montana, and that's the explosion some residents heard, and that the rest of the story was concocted for media consumption. But what's your take on this balloon? Yeah. I think it was certainly a spy balloon. It was was hovering over military bases because spy balloons can get information that certain satellites can't. But I think it was a message. It was sending to a, to to the world and to America. Your government can't protect you. Your government is just not up to it. It's sending to all of America's allies the message. We're relying on America to help us. We're relying on America to stop the Chinese. 
and they couldn't even stop a balloon flying over their military bases. What a shocking, what a shocking state of affairs. We just saw Afghanistan given to the Chinese. There's a huge debacle, and every American ally would be thinking, oh, my God. This, these are the people we rely on, and look what they're doing in Afghanistan. Now look at this balloon thing. Why would we stick with America? You know, India would be looking at thinking, well, India already is. India was working with Trump. They love Trump because they wanted to work with Trump to take down the CCP. Now India is making friendly with Russia because they can't rely on America anymore. They, they, they don't trust America anymore. So all of these things are provocations designed to demoralize, to make people worry and make people lose confidence in their own government. And, uh, you know, it's a demoralization exercise before a kinetic attack. This, this, is, this is how it works. And when that kinetic attack comes, we don't know. It's just the Chinese have just issued a general mobilization order for all 18-year-olds to register for mobilization. Well, what does that tell you about their intentions? If they were able to traverse a balloon or more, it could have been more, throughout the United States, all the way to the East Coast, what prevents them from flying something else that has a mini-nuke that could be exploded above the atmosphere, an electromagnetic pulse bomb above a, you know, a military facility or more, what could that do to the United States and the world? Well, it could destroy us, you know. That, that balloon was flying too low for an EMP attack, but it could have gone up another thirty or 40,000 feet and done it. It could have been carrying a nuclear weapon. We don't know. Biden certainly didn't know. So wouldn't you err on the side of caution and shoot it down over the Aleutians? Wouldn't that, I'm sure President Trump would have done that. I'm sure Reagan would have done that. Probably even Bill Clinton would have done it. Well, they knew about the balloon since, yeah, they knew about, he knew, Biden supposedly knew about the balloon since the late January. Yeah, well, this shows, you know, Biden and Blinken was going to go to China, you know, and get wined and dined by the Chinese. Look, look, we've got to understand the country is being run by Xi Jinping right now. They're just testing and pushing and provoking to see what our responses will be. And every time we do something or don't do something, that's more knowledge that they have of how we would behave in something more critical, like a, a, an actual missile attack on the United States or something. A lot of people would now be thinking, well, even if the Chinese did lob a missile or a bomb on an American city, would Biden do anything? Seriously? And would the military be capable of dealing with it? Would the military be confident of Biden's leadership? Would you like to go into war led by the current commander-in-chief? Commander-in-chief? Absolutely not. Let me ask you this. In the 70s, you probably remember this, in the 70s and the 80s, maybe even in the 60s, anyone suspected of having communist ties was on the government's radar, and they faced scrutiny and possible persecution. However, lately, and you know this, it seems that the opposite has come true. Now it's those who speak out against communism and stand for freedom and patriotism, they are the ones being targeted and persecuted. Yeah. Look, look, Black Lives Matter, which is, as I've said before, is a Chinese communist operation, 100%, burnt cities all over America, killed 
people died because of what happened, billions of dollars worth of damage, and how many of their leaders went to jail? Hardly any, if any. I could have given the FBI a list of 100 leading Black Lives Matter operatives, and if they'd gone after those people, they could have shut down the whole movement. But no, but if a few naive people wander into the Capitol building when they're invited by the police and wander around and do some stupid things, and they're the biggest problem we have in America, they're now locked down in solitary confinement 23, 23 hours a day, that, that's, that's the real, real shows that how things have flipped in this country. You know, and, and this so-called persecution of communists, I wish they had been a lot more persecuted. The communists got off very lightly in this country. You know, a few of them went to jail. A couple of them were executed, like the Rosenbergs, who, who knowingly sold nuclear secrets to the Soviet Union. But most of them got off scot-free. They weren't persecuted. I had an Australian friend who was a member of the Australian Communist Party, and then he became a conservative. And I said, Jeff, did you, were you scared of the McCarthy when he was going after the communists? And see, we were terrified of him, he said. But he didn't go anywhere near far enough. <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah, we are. The, the, the FBI has been weaponized against the people. Elements of the CIA have been. Some of the other intelligence services, as has the IRS as have many agencies of government. What we're seeing actually is the, the Czechoslovakia 1948 pattern. See, all the countries in, in Eastern Europe were taken over by the Red Army after World War II, except Czechoslovakia. That wasn't taken over by the Red Army. And by, but by 1948, it was a communist country because the communists went into a coalition government in 1946, I believe it was, with the uh, Social Democrats, but they were given a couple of key uh, cabinet posts, I think the intelligence services and the tax services. They used those to persecute their enemies, go after all the freedom fighters, drive them out of the country or arrest them, and within three years they had a communist country which was part of the Soviet bloc. Three years without a shot being fired. That's the pattern that is the model we are in today. We're in the so we're in the Czechoslovakia model, 1948. We're about halfway through 1947 right now, in comparative terms. Do you think 1947 or 48? Or how about 1917 and the Bolshevik takeover? Because that's what it seems to me. Well, it is, but but the 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 Bolsheviks were more violent. That doesn't work in America yet. We haven't got mass polit not mass political violence, because they're going to try and do it without that. Then the violence will come when they've taken over, when they start shipping people off to the gulags, etc. But yeah, you know, and, and we shouldn't underestimate these people. Lenin took over Russia with two thousand Bolsheviks. Two thousand people took over a country of about one hundred forty million at the time, largest nation on the face of the earth in geographical terms. You know, Cuba took a, you know Castro took over Cuba with a few hundred. He had eighty at one point. Um, you know, there's more than enough communists in this country to take over this this place. We have we have a couple of hundred. We're, we're probably about one hundred and fifty of them in the U.S. Congress and Senate right now. 
let alone all the bureaucrats and the people in cabinet. You know, like, like for instance, you know, Deb Haaland, who is the Secretary of the Interior, who controls 20% of the United States, is shutting down all the energy leases she can right now and all the public land, was put in place by a woman called Judith LeBlanc of the Central Committee of the Communist Party USA. She was, Judith LeBlanc ran her campaign. They had an actual political campaign to elect this no-name woman, the second-term congresswoman from New Mexico, and made her Secretary of the Interior. They had buses, they had campaign badges, they got a whole bunch of celebrity endorsements, including Mark Ruffalo, Sarah Silverman, Cher, Hanoi Jane Fonda, Gloria Steinem, Alyssa Milano, all Deb for Interior, Deb for Interior, and Biden accepted that and nominated her and she was confirmed with four Senate Republican votes. And the woman is a complete Marxist put in place by the Communist Party USA, which is loyal to both Communist Party of China and Putin's Russia. But now she controls 20% of this country. I said back in 2020, if Trump loses the election, it was stolen. There is no way. Just by looking at the crowds alone, you have to. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to see that. And then I said, if something else happened in the midterm elections that is obvious, the final takeover is here. And I'm here, as I said, the epicenter in Arizona. When you have the local people, that some elected Republicans here in the state of Arizona who won with flying collars, but then the the higher spheres, I mean, the, the Carrie Lake and and the, the Secretary of State and the Senator and so on did not win. It was obviously an election that was stolen. If that's the case, we lost the, the the presidential election. We lost the midterm election. Where are we going? Why is Trump even running or DeSantis or anybody else who might if the election process is broken? Well, the election process is broken in many states. But you mentioned DeSantis. Why did Florida have a red wave and nobody else did? Because he took over the, he took over the election and made it really, the, the oversight was there. That's right. Although he hasn't done enough, he did more on election integrity than any other governor. He went out, he shut down the vote for um, ring in, in Miami-Dade. We won that by 10 points. He went after um, another ring in Orlando. He's actually prosecuted several vote fraudsters in the state. He's banned um, ballot harvesting and a whole bunch of other things. And so we actually got a real election in Florida. We got a real indication of the mood of the people. Um, some of the other red states held their ground, but they didn't really improve. And But what we really saw was the purple states went bluer. The purple states with the big blue cities, you know, Chicago and Detroit and Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, they all went and they all went bluer because they are the areas with the mass vote fraud operations. And yes, I believe there probably is electronic vote fraud, but there's also tons of old-fashioned ballot stuffing, old-fashioned dead people voting, they, these machines have been doing this for a long time. So, so 
you're right. You know, the election is problematic. So what we've got to be doing in the next year is putting as much pressure as we can on the red state governors to follow the follow the DeSantis model and get as much pressure as we can there and as much pressure as we can in the red counties in the blue states to to ameliorate this problem. And we've got to keep these voting. We've got to the, – the House – the House investigative bodies of the House have to go after, start going after these vote fraud operations and treat them like organized crime, actually go after them and subpoena people and RICO them, you know, if we can possibly do it in certain states. All, all of it, it we've got to use the red states to smash these vote fraud operations as much and embarrass the hell out of the Democrats everywhere you can. That's our only hope of getting through this, I think. I've always known that this is a, there's a unit party here. It's a two, two wings with the same bird. Do you think Trump was the one who really uncovered this so that the population finally got it? When you have Mitch McConnell and you have Romney and you have so many other rhinos there, They're just part of the same party. Left or right, it's the same thing. You know, look, Trump was an outsider, and and they didn't expect him to win. They weren't prepared for him. And he put them, he exposed the deep state, which is basically communist, better than anyone else has ever done so. Now you've got millions of people out there. And that gives me hope, too, because you've got 80 million Trump voters out there. You've got 30 million more who wish they had been. And we've got God. You know, miracles happen. So um, Trump was a, was a, the right man at the right time. You know, I don't think he quite knew what he was getting into, but his insects were pretty good, and he went after a lot of the bad guys. Didn't fire enough of them, unfortunately. But, yeah, he did. He exposed the so-called deep state and the uniparty better than anyone else, and that's why Mitch McConnell hated him. That's why Mitt Romney hated him. That's why the Democrats hate him with a passion, because he exposed their little game. And he exposed exactly what you say. And because of him, now we've got 20 patriots in the House who are actually going to be holding real meaningful elections, who are uh, real meaningful, uh, you know, um, real meaning, what's the word? Real meaningful hearings. Um, with the power of subpoena, that starts tomorrow. We're going to see some fireworks coming out of that. And none of that would have happened without Trump. None of it. I love it today when Marjorie Taylor Greene grilled uh, people from from Twitter, basically saying, you are not going to be, uh, you're not going to have a chance to speak because you took away my freedom of speech. I love that. What role do you think the media has in promoting the infiltration of communism in America? A massive role. It couldn't happen without the media. And there's some pretty deep roots here because, and and this is where I trace it back to, like before World War II, most American journalists were were ordinary Americans. You know, they they were brought up, they went through, they learned their trade in the cadet system. They They worked for local papers like apprenticeships, they covered the baseball games, they covered the county fairs and the court cases, and they're normal Americans with normal American values, and they reported accurately. But after World War II, they started to educate journalists in the journalism schools. A lot of them went into journalism on the GI Bill, 
And at that time, the pro-communist guy, Curtis McDougall, uh, was writing his famous book, Advocacy Journalism. And that was the theory that Curtis McDougall came up with, and he was a Communist Party sympathizer, if not an actual member, was that the job of the journalist is not to report facts. The job of the journalist is to shape history in the right direction, to advocate for causes. So objectivity is out the window. It's the cause that matters, not the facts. And that became the dominant ethos amongst journalists all over the country. It became like a virus. Now, now something like 85% of US journalists identify, self-identify as liberal. And liberal means anything from raving communist to a little, little bit pink. 10%, 10 to 15% are conservative. But even those 10 to 15%, if you work for a big paper, you just do what you're told. You don't dare to defy the majority. So really, we've only got a very small number of really reliable journalists in the country. I would say less than 2 or 3%, including people like yourselves. Project Veritas is absolutely one of the shining examples. Yeah. It's probably the shining example in America today. Imagine if we had 100 Project Veritases. <laughs> Imagine if we had 10,000 James O'Keefe's and, and his team storming around the country exposing the left. Imagine how different it would be. But those journalism colleges were taken over very quickly. If I look, if I was president for a day, I would turn all the journalism colleges into trade schools, teach kids welding, teach them woodshop, teach them hairdressing, teach them computer maintenance, whatever. Train the journalists on the job, apprentices, cadet systems. It's the only way out of this. You mentioned something so critical, and it's that the mainstream media is really dying. And I have to say, even Fox News, even Fox News. I remember the day of the election when they were calling Arizona at 7.30 with only about 20-some percent. But people like you, it is just a, a, a species in extinction, the true journalists, you Lara Logan is going to be coming on this program in a few weeks and, 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 you know, many others. But we are under attack all the time. I don't need to tell you. The censorship, the shadow banning. What is the most effective way to combat the infiltration of communism in America, Trevor? Well, here's what I, look, this is what I would do to, to stop this once and for all for a very long time. If I, if I was the next next president of the United States. This is what I do. I do, I treat the communist infiltration like organized crime. And I'd use the kind of tactics that Dewey used to take out Murder Inc., that Elliot Ness used to take out the untouch to take out Al Capone and people like that. You have to set up a new intelligence agency with no taint from the Obama administration. You get a few old guys who are in the CIA or the FBI to, to help guide it. You'd bring a lot of new people in from special forces, from technical institutions, and you would vet them. You would vet 5,000 people to get 500, and you would vet them and vet them so you only had patriots. And then when you've got this up and running, this is, this is all about dealing with foreign infiltration of the country. Then the president would declare a three-month amnesty. You've got three months. Every foreign agent working in the country 
every globalist, every corrupt Iranian businessman, every Chinese spy, every Russian mafia, every corrupt businessman who cooperates with them, every communist selling out the country. You got three months. You got three months to come forward and spill your guts to this new agency. Tell them every darn thing you know. Tell everybody you work with. You got to spill your guts completely. If at the end of three months you haven't come forward, and if you spill your guts, you get immunity from prosecution if you testify, right? If at the end of three months you haven't come forward and we catch you, we're going to prosecute you with the evidence that we have gathered, and we're going to put you in Leavenworth for 40 years. Here's your choice. Come forward, make your peace with the American people, beg for forgiveness, repent of what you've done, and tell everything you know. That would throw every foreign intelligence network, every communist ring, every Iran uh, Hezbollah ring, every Russian mafia ring into complete chaos because they wouldn't know who'd taken the deal and who hadn't. You'd get hundreds of thousands of Chinese spies would leave the country. You'd get thousands of Russian mafia would sell their mansions in Miami and go back to Moscow. You'd see a whole bunch of big tech guys would stand down. You'd see a whole bunch of people coming forward. A whole bunch of senators would retire for family reasons. You would see the biggest clean cleansing of American politics in our history. And every American would finally get to understand how deeply the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians, the Cubans, the globalists, the drug gangs have infiltrated this country. They would finally see the depth of it. One thing would just cleanse the whole shebang. And then the rest would be a mopping up operation. That would change America forever. That would put America on a whole new path. And, and this is where, because a lot of people get into betraying their country, nobody gets really starts out wanting to betray their country, but they get into a business deal they don't fully understand. They get um, compromised on a business trip to Moscow or China. Their family gets threatened. They get drawn in, and they're in that trap. they got no way out. Well, this is you got to give them a way out. You come out, you don't get prosecuted, but you got to make your peace with the American people. You got to cough up. And if you don't cough up, you go to Leavenworth for 40 years. What do you do? You think that might change America? Oh, absolutely. The problem is that people are so brainwashed. This, this cancer is metastasizing throughout universities and, and even schools all the way from kindergarten now. The grooming is taking place. CRT is taking place. You know, I remember, and I said the story a few times, you know, my father always said, don't take freedom for granted because one day you'll have nowhere else to escape to like we did. But I remember when I was younger and I wanted to buy my first car. I needed an inexpensive car. So I wanted to buy a Yugo. And my father said to me, over my dead body, you're buying that car. You're not putting that car in my garage. You'll leave the house before you do that. But they have already taken over. As you said, Xi Jinping rules this nation. Speaking of Miami, you're probably familiar with Sunny Isles, which is the land of the oligarchs, all the Russian oligarchs own multi-million dollar apartments there. But what can the average citizen, this is the problem, the average citizen, 
what can they do to protect themselves from the spread of this disease called communism? Well, it's at every level, isn't it? See, that's what we've got to do at the national level. See, Ron DeSantis is already working on this kind of thing in Florida. He's already clamping down on the activities of the Syrians, the North Koreans, the Russians, the Chinese, the Venezuelans, and the Cubans in my state. He's forbidding Chinese to buy land in Florida now, right? So we have to follow that model in Nebraska, We've got to see what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida and do it in Kansas and Iowa as well. If he can do it there, they can do it in Iowa. They can do it in Idaho. You can do it in Indiana. We've got to adopt that model and start pushing, pushing, um, pushing as hard as we can. This is the other thing I would do if I was a grassroots conservative activist in any of the red states. And this is something nobody talks about and is the number one problem and why the Republican Party is as weak and gutless as it is. That is because 45 states in America have what you call open primaries. Now, that means that when you go to into the Republican primary to vote, let's say for a congressman, you've got, say, four people. You've got a staunch conservative. You've got a couple of middle-of-the-roaders, and you've got a real liberal Republican. And you have open primaries. So what happens? The Democrats come into your primary and vote for the weakest Republican they can. That is why Lindsey Graham is still a senator from South Carolina. That is why Lisa Murkowski is a senator from Alaska. Because the Democrats and even the communists come into Republican primaries and vote for the biggest loser they possibly can. Close your primaries. If you're a grassroots activist in Kansas or Iowa or any of the red states, Arizona, wherever you are, close your primaries. So only Republicans registered for a year can vote in your primary. It's a private organization. Why do you let your enemies choose your leaders? You know, if you're a Baptist, do you let the Methodist choose your pastor? It's exactly what happened here in Arizona. Even Katie Hobbs' sister said it. They were organizing so that people in the primary voted for Carrie Lake because they thought that having the uh, McCain family appointee, I forgot the other name, uh, maybe would have won. That's what they said. So they, they play these games. Yeah, they, they do. But this happens all over, all over. So, so. And the rhinos resist this because this is how rhinos keep power over conservatives. The rhinos work with the Democrats to keep the primaries open so they can stop conservatives getting elected. They do this all the time. If you close your primaries in every state, Florida has closed primaries. That's why we have Ron DeSantis and not Adam Putnam, the rhino who would have lost to Andrew Gillum, the communist. We've got Ron DeSantis because we got closed primaries in Florida. The Democrats can't come in and vote for the loser. That's why we're getting redder and redder every year. But every other state virtually has open primaries to some degree or another, and you're sitting there wondering why these loser Republicans, these liberal Republicans keep getting elected, because that's not what I think. Well, you've got to understand 10% of the vote is Democrat. And even if 
you get a, more, a reasonably good guy in. He's still worried about. He's still more worried about the ten percent of Democrats who vote for him than he is about the ninety percent of cons- Republicans who do, because that ten percent makes all the difference in the election. Close your primaries. It's the number one message to every American grassroots conservative. If you are sick of having a great grassroots constitutional Republican Party represented by wimps and Democrats and drag, close your primaries and you'll go from having 10% conservatives to having 50% conservatives in a couple of election cycles. And that will make a difference. But Trevor, you have to give it to China. They, they, they're quickly becoming, obviously, a major player in the United States. It's been for decades, but savvy investors. They've managed to purchase movie studios, production companies, movie theaters, and that gives them an unprecedented access to American culture without firing a single shot. They're changing, they're shaping the culture of the United States and our youth. So in the future, the takeover will be a done deal if, the, if this continues. Well, see, the, what, they, what they're doing is what's called people's war. And this is a term from Mao Zedong. That means you come into a stronger, you, when you're fighting a stronger enemy, You don't confront them militarily directly until you're ready. You sell drugs to their people. You counterfeit their currency. You spy, you put spies inside their camp. You weaken their military. You spread diseases. You um, indoctrinate their youth. You get into their education system. You destroy them through people's war before your soldiers even march. We've got to understand Black Lives Matter is a Chinese operation. COVID was a Chinese operation. Um, the uh, fentanyl is a Chinese communist operation. There's 100,000 young American kids in the last year who are never going to serve in the US military. Um, you know, the sport, the woke sport. Where does that come from? That comes mainly from Nike. Nike is completely in the pocket of the Chinese Communist Party. So they enforce their wokeism on the big on the teams, on the big studios. You know, Nike is incredibly powerful, but it's a puppet of China. Big tech, you know, we know that um, Facebook and and Google are deeply in bed with China. So they control the information flows. TikTok is collecting um, information every time you make a keystroke, every time you operate on that on that um, thing. And just by the way, absolutely TikTok should be banned. I get some people saying, oh, well, that's, that's against freedom of speech. Oh, no, we, we're Americans. We don't ban things. The Constitution was designed to protect the rights, free speech of American citizens, not a Chinese spy operation. It is perfectly constitutional to shut down TikTok as it would be to shut down RT or Al Jazeera or many of the thousands of Chinese um, media operations currently operating in this in this country. You know, you got to understand the difference between free speech and enemy operations. One's constitutionally protected. One should be shut down by any constitutional president. Well, I hear that the interesting part about TikTok, not only is it a spy operation, but studies have been made that people who watch TikTok too much, their IQ levels go down. But I'm told that TikTok in China and other parts of the world, they don't show that type of video. They show videos of science, videos of 
thing, people making things and improving yourself. So obviously they're just destroying the education system here in the United States, shortening the attention span because a TikTok is what, I don't know, I don't use it. A few, you know, 30 seconds, a minute or something along those lines. Mm. Yeah, well, that's exactly right, turning into a goldfish. But, you know, the Chinese are... Look, look, the Chinese are involved in every level of our education, from from university to high school. Look, there's a there's an organisation in Chicago called the Erickson Institute, and it's it's one of the leading child developers of child, of of kindergarten curriculums in the country, and it's run by Valerie Jarrett's mother, right, the daughter of a Communist Party member. And it's named after Eric Erickson, the psychologist who coined the tra- the phrase identity crisis. And he was a communist in California, taught at the California Labor School, a Communist Party school. On the board, they had Tom Ayers, the father of Bill Ayers, the terrorist. And also on the board, they had Bernadine Dawn, the wife of Bill Ayers, a- another communist terrorist. And this organization partners with the Chinese Communist Party's youth wing to send American teachers to China to teach them, and it also gets their curriculums and ideas from their curriculums to spread to kindergartens all over this country. You know, this, this kind of operation is going on everywhere. We are deeply, deeply infiltrated. But but this is why I wrote my book, Security Risk Senators, because this could all be stopped if we got rid of the treasonous people in our government. None of this need destroy the country if we can get rid of the traitors out of the Senate and the traitors out of the Congress and put patriots in the White House. Because then we can bring in security background checks. Then we can bring in loyalty oaths. Then we can bring in amnesty and get these traitors out of our systems. Then we can actually start putting people in jail that need to be put in jail. But we're not going to do it. Well, we have about 40 traitors in the U.S. Senate and about 100 of them in the U.S. Congress. That is, that's something we need to focus focus on, and that's something that we can do because we can still vote a lot of these people out. Well, this is why Nike's John Donahoe, the CEO, that's why he loves China so much because it's imperative for them to have slave labor produce the products because otherwise they wouldn't be as profitable. When we come back from the break, I really want to dive deep into your a new book. This is really important for everybody to understand security risk Senators, we'll, we'll dive into, starting with Arizona, Kirsten Cinema, a very enigmatic character here. Some people think, oh, look, at she became independent. Maybe she's turning right. Well, you have to look at the roots of people to learn about their future. How can people buy security risk senators? Listen to your counterpunch program and buy your other books, Trevor. Yeah, the best way, you can go to Amazon, but if you want to support me rather than Jeff Bezos, go to trevorloudon.com. Trevorloudon.com. Loudon is L-O-U-D-O-N. So my security risk senators are available there, parts one and part two, plus my book, White House Reds, which gives you Biden's communist background, and my great um, video, Enemies Within the Church, which exposes the Marxist influence in the woke church movement. So yeah, um, 
trevorloudon.com is the best place and you can get personally signed copies if you go through me. Stay tuned, folks. We have one more hour with Trevor Loudon ahead of us. I've been discussing this topic a lot lately because two years ago, regardless of your stance on Trump, you have to admit that there's a stark difference between what we had pre-COVID and what we have now. So much of what was once considered normal is no longer the case. I can't even imagine what the next two years will bring. So stay tuned. This is Mel Hostelrick, and you're listening to Veritas. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the members section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Subscribe today. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focus Life Force Energy. Get a 15-day free trial of FLFE today. We also have rebounders, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Veritas and Sanitas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share the video. Click on the notification button to be alerted when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Can you tell me where my country lies? Said the uniform to his true love's eyes. It lies with me, cried the queen of maybe. For her merchandise, he traded in his prize. He left a sign, old father Thames. It seems he's drowned, selling England by the pound. Citizens of hope and glory, time goes by, it's the time of your life. Easy now.